giver of every breath I breathe, author of all eternity, giver of every perfect thing, to you be the glory, maker of heaven and of earth, no one could comprehend your word, king over all the universe, to you be the glory. I'm alive because I'm alive in you, and it's all because of Jesus I'm alive, and it's all because of the blood of Jesus Christ, it covers me and raised this dead man's life. It's all because of Jesus I'm alive. Be alive this morning, sing out. Giver of every breath I breathe, author of all eternity. Giver of every perfect thing, to you be the glory. Maker of heaven and of earth, no one can comprehend your word. And King over all the universe, you be the glory. I'm alive because I'm alive in you. And it's all because of Jesus I'm alive And it's all because of blood of Jesus Christ It covers me and raised this dead man's life And it's all because of Jesus Every sunrise sings your praise The universe cries out your name Singing freedom all my days Now that I'm alive It's all because of Jesus I'm alive It's all because the blood of Jesus Christ it covers me and raises dead man's life. It's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus I'm alive. And it's all because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It covers me and raises dead man's life. Yes, it's all because of Jesus I'm alive. Yeah, it's all because of Jesus I'm alive. Praise God. Father God, I thank you that we can come together in this place and know that it's all because of you that we are alive. Father, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a great Sunday school class already. And I look forward to what you're going to do here this morning, Lord God, and through, the, through the, the great parts of your ministry that you're going to allow us to be a part of. We just praise you for it, God. Father, I thank you for everyone that's here. And if there's anyone here today, Lord, that 
that does not know you, that maybe even sang that song just now and not even realize why they were singing it. May this be the day that their life changes. May this be the day they surrender their heart to you and may thy will be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Guys, it's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you that are here today. It's been a great morning already, and I look forward to what God's going to do throughout the rest of this morning. Amen? If you're here and you're ready to see the Lord this morning, say hallelujah. 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 Walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, and just let them know it's good to see them in God's house today. <laughs> That's right, keep walking. I will bless the name of Jesus, praise the name of Jesus, sing out to the King of Israel. I will bless the name of Jesus, praise the name of Jesus, sing out to the King of Israel. And I'll sing glory, glory, glory to His joy of the Lord is in me. Oh, what happiness he brings. While I'm walking where he leads me, that is why you'll often hear me sing. I will bless the name of Jesus, praise the name of Jesus, sing unto the King of Israel. I will bless the name of Jesus, praise the name of Jesus, sing unto stops it's like musical chairs you sit where you're at if you're in the middle aisle you're stuck <laughs> all right exclamation point back there yeah i don't know okay we got a few announcements just a couple announcements this morning and then we got a blessing we're going to be a part of so let me let me just begin the service with stating this it's kind of a it, it, to me, it's kind of a known if you know me, but let me just say praise the Lord. 
Margie, Miss Margie's services yesterday, her memorial service went incredibly well. Praise the Lord for that. God was here and with the family. One of the things I heard repetitively throughout the day yesterday and this morning as well, though, afterwards, was that the, the people just really appreciated the fact that I presented the gospel during that service. Let me say this, guys. Every one of us should present the gospel every opportunity that we have. Amen? So praise the Lord. And I did that because I know that's what Miss Margie would, wanted, would have wanted me to do. So praise God for that. And, and remember to call the family. If they, if they cross your mind, give them a phone call. Let them know that, hey, we're just thinking about you, praying for you, and just lift them up in prayer. Amen? Okay. The only thing I'm going to announce this morning is uh, twofold. One of which is quick, and that is that the ladies' retreat sign-up sheet is still on the back table. It's uh, getting to the to the time limit. We need if you ladies, if you haven't already signed up for the ladies' retreat and would like to go, make sure you get your name on there so everybody uh, so that the accommodations can be made and everything as well. The other thing, one thing I want to touch on that I I, I rarely I, I should maybe mention every week, but I forget. Someone asked me, well, do y'all not pass a plate? Do y'all not tithe here? We do. Remember, tithing, though, is an act of responsibility. It's an act of obedience between you and the Lord. For that reason, we've purposed here at this church not to try to shame anyone into tithing because that's between you and God, and it's something that you should do. Every one of us, I say you, me as well, we should do that. God has said to, to tithe. So the way we have set that up here, if you notice, there's a column in the back, in this column right here, it says tithing and offerings. That is between you and the Lord to be able to drop your tithe in there. When you want, how you want, how much you want, that is between you and Christ. Tithing is a responsibility that we're supposed to be a part of. So I'm not, I don't want you to think, oh, we're going to come here because we don't have to tithe. No, that's not what the Bible says. That's between you and Christ. But also, too, prayer concerns. That piece on your bulletin, we have Thursday night prayer meeting. And that list just fell down there. We, we, we go over that list every Thursday night. Now, I hope that when you get your bulletin, you take it home and you pray over this list, maybe pick a specific name, a portion of names, or the whole list. But we do take prayer seriously. And if you do have prayer requests, you just fill it out on this, and you drop that into one of these columns as well. So that's what these columns are for, for tithes and offerings, and also these prayer requests. Now, all that being said, Oh, also too on this, if you have a prayer request that you only want me and the elders to know about, write that on there. Because if you put prayer request on here and you don't signify that it's only for the pastor to see or the elders and the pastor, then it's going to go on the prayer list as well. So if you have something that you just wanted me to know but you didn't get a chance to tell me and you put it on this, make sure you annotate it that way or, or the ladies or Sherry will put that right onto the prayer list as well. The other thing I want to say now, at our last staff meeting, actually, I want you all to notice our welcome sign here. And you see our welcome sign there? Now look at it back there. People, people ask me why do I not show as many videos as I used to show. They just don't show up very well. And, and for that reason, I just pretty much just quit showing videos and things. Just very rarely do I put anything out there. Now, there was, we talked about special paint and stuff that would enhance it a little bit, but talking to a lot of other churches and outside the churches, the, the price of the technology of the uh, video that I have back there in 55-inch has come so down. I mean, it's, 
is so affordable now that to get the right picture, to get a good picture, you should go with video. Now, all that being said, I had Bob working on this, and I brought it up at the last staff meeting as well, to put 55-inch TVs, which is that size there, to have the 55-inch flat screens up here and all the cable, the repeaters, all that kind of stuff. He was able to find it all, and it came to $1,968 to do all that, have everything done where we'd have the good video. What we said was this. I don't want to take away from our general account. When the Lord asks you to tithe, that is, between, that is to give your 10% to the church and any gifts over and above, praise the Lord. If you would like to give towards that, we're not going to pay for this out of general either. This is going to be a donation thing. And when the donations get here, they'll get here. And, and Bob made this box that's going to be sitting back there for sound donation box. We would like to have the better video, but we're not going to take it out of the general account. By us not taking it out of the general account means I don't want you guys to take it out of the general account by saying, well, I was going to tie this much, but I'll just give it to the video. Pray about that, because that's not what, the Lord, what we're asking here. If we do this, then the Lord's going to do it over and above the normal tithes. So that's what we're asking you guys to do. If you are interested and would like to give to this, this is going to be sitting in the back, but anything you give to this is over and above what you normally would tie to the church so that we can have the better videos and the better pictures up here on the front again. Everybody understand what I'm saying when I say over and above the ties to the general funds? Amen. So when you see this back there, now we had it sitting back there on that column, but we took it, up, took it down just because of the funeral and everything yesterday. But that's where it's going to be, back there by that tithing column. So if you wanted to write a check to both, you put the tithing in the column and the other one in this. Now, I hate for you to leave and say, well, they're just preaching about money up there. My guy owns all the money. And what he wants to do, he will get done. So I'm not worried about that. But if you're interested in giving to this, that's what this box is for. If God's laid it on your heart for your tithe check, it goes in one of these columns, front or back as well. Amen? Amen. All right, well, I'm going to just set this to the side for now. And for our scripture reading today, we're in for a blessing. Brother Corey is back here, and I'll let him introduce and everything. Brother Corey, if you want to come on out. Well, you're not Corey, but okay. <laughs> Corey works with our youth, and this one of our youths accepted Christ, but I'll let, let Corey run with this. <laughs> yes, it does get toasted. There you go. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to be reading uh, 24 through 27. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a sensible man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house, and it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed, and it collapsed with great. No matter how gorgeous your guys' house is, is if it's not on a strong foundation, it will not stand. Amen. Just like a great man or woman of God, 
no matter how good of a Christian you seem to be on the outside, if you do not have a strong foundation in the word, you will not be able to stand. This is our how-to book, our instruction guide on how to build a great foundation on a, um, based on God. Richard, this is your foundation. This is literally yours. It's got your name on it here. This is the gift that the Montgomery family decided to give to Richard. He is joining the Navy next month, and this is actually a sailor's Bible that's more uh, built around the sailor. So I've got a couple more scriptures to read out, and then it'll be yours, okay? Now, a couple weeks ago, uh, me and Richard were on our way to Floridsville, and we got on the uh, subject of uh, salvation, and he had told me he accepted Christ a while back, um, but had never did baptism. And I explained to him that baptism was not a requirement to get to heaven. It was mainly, uh, I guess you can say, kind of like a status update, pretty much letting people know that you are there to follow the Lord. You're committed to leave the, the worldly ways and follow God as best as you can. I do want to meet, read out of Matthew chapter 3. <clears throat> Excuse me. If I can find it here. We're going to do verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me. Jesus answered him, Allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him to be baptized. After Jesus was baptized, he went up to him immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down to him. And there came a voice from the heavens, This is my beloved Son. I take delight in him. Now it's time for an old-fashioned drowning, I mean baptismal. So. Huh? Yeah. Hi, guys. Because y'all know, he dates my younger cousin, so that's why I was going to keep him under for about five minutes or so. Richard Fountain, based upon your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in his likeness, and raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Kids, if you want to get his Bible so we don't get it all wet. There's a commitment to following the ordinance and obedience of the word, as you said, to profess before others that you are his Lord and his Savior. For him to do so now before he goes into the military, Satan's going to, he's a blip on Satan's radar target now. May you put a hedge protection about him. May you just watch over him. May you keep him safe throughout this trial and throughout this time. And God, throughout his life, may he remember this day as the day he publicly proclaimed that you are his God, his Lord, and his Savior. Thank you for him, Lord. Thank you for uh, Corey and others that work with the youth in such a fashion. And thank you, Lord, that Corey wanted to step out and be a part of this ministry and baptize this young man that he had been speaking to. God, I thank you for all these things that allowing us to be a part of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Let me say, too, when he says that the Bible is geared towards a Navy person, the Bible hasn't changed. There's just things in the front and back speaking to sailors. Didn't want you to think we went out and made our own Bible or anything like that.
These guys have jokes down here. <laughs> All right, we're going to continue our service and song this morning. If you guys would like to rise and sing uh, or just take a comfortable position of worship, whatever that means for you, uh, we're going to sing a song. We don't sing often uh, here, but it's one of my favorites. Um, it's pretty repetitive, so it's easy to learn. So hopefully by the second time we sing through this, you'll, uh, you'll have it down. And then we'll sing some familiar songs. Right, the song is called Furious. Nothing can tear us from The grip of His mighty love We've only glimpsed His vast affection Heard whispers of His heart and passion It's pouring down his love is deep, His love is wide, and it covers us. His love is fierce, His love is strong, it is furious. His love is sweet, His love is wild, and it's waking hearts to life. The Father loves and sends His Son. The sun lays down his life for all. He lavishes his love upon us. He calls us now sons and daughters. He's reaching out. His love is deep, his love is wide, and it covers us. Love is fierce, His love is strong, it is furious. His love is sweet, His love is wild, and it's waking hearts to life. His love is deep, His love is wide, and it covers us. His love is fierce, His love is strong, it is furious. His love is sweet, His love is wild, and it's waking hearts to life. He is waking hearts to life. He is waking hearts to life. His love is deep, His love is wide, and it covers us. His love is fierce, His love is strong, it is furious. His love is sweet, His love is wild, and it's waking hearts to life.
man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came and ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Jesus, my Savior, I 
To praise the wonders of your mighty love, my comfort, my shelter, the tower of refuge and strength, and let every breath and all that I am. Never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound. Of your name, and I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. In all of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter. Tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath and all that I am and never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the Mountains bow down and the sea will roar at the sound of your name. And I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. And I sing for joy at the work of your hands forever I love you forever I stand nothing compares to the promise I have no nothing compares to the promise I have 
Father God, I just come before you thanking you for that promise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Exodus. Also, too, on that sound system stuff, I have a breakdown of the crisis thing, if y'all want any of that. But turn to the book of Exodus this morning. Thank you guys for leading us in song. Notice what this says. 18-year-olds in 1944 stormed the beach of Normandy at almost certain death. In 2016, 18-year-olds need a safe place because words hurt their feelings. At first, we laughed a little bit. However, as I read this, I was like, yeah, I chuckled. But you know what it then said to me in my mind? You can take it down now, baby. Morgan, sorry. (laughs) I have to wonder just a little bit why I think that we as a people have become a people that tends to whine and complain a lot about things that we shouldn't be. I think we focus on a lot of things that we shouldn't be focusing on, rather on focusing what it is that God has given us to do. As that little thing presented there, I think at first we laugh a little bit because it seems true. However, I think it speaks badly of our society when we have digressed to the point that we whine and complain to where we just want our safe place rather than running out to challenge the world for Christ. As Christians, we haven't been called to sit back and and bury ourselves into a safe place. We haven't been called to bury our heads and so we don't hear ugly names or words or anything of that nature. As Christians, we should be victorious. We have been given the power to go forth and spread the gospel and share the ministry. God said, if God be for you, then who dares be against you? That tells me we should have victory. We should live in victory. As Christians, we should be able to go forth with the understanding that not only does my brother and sister in Christ going to fight along beside me, but God of all gods, the creator of the heavens and the universe, has my back. But yet, what do we often do? We go out and we, we just whine and complain continually. We'll read the next thing on the internet, or will somebody will step on our toes, or this or that. It seems like so many people today, we tend to go out and we want to whine and cry. A man I used to work with always just called them whine babies. Or I always say, you like a little cheese with that whine. And sometimes I'd even have to explain what that meant, thinking they were whining too much to understand. I don't know. But so many of us get into this this ideology of wanting to go out there and just whine and cry and cry and whine rather than being what God's called us to be, doing what God has called us to do. And I think that drives us to the point of what that was up there. Think about that. In 1944, 18-year-olds were storming the beach knowing that there was almost certain death. 2016, 18-year-olds are looking for a safe place because somebody said an ugly word. Why have we become a people like that? But I would present to you that we haven't become that way. That's just what is inherent if we don't focus where we need to focus. If we don't look to where we're supposed to look. 
I think we oftentimes become complainers. We whine so much oftentimes because we come, become anxious about what other people think, what other people say, what other people are going to, 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 to work around us. And therefore, because I'm worried about everybody else, I just start complaining and whining about things. Folks, I think in the passages, in, in, the, in the Bible itself, it tells us we have been a chosen people. We are called out. We should go forth with our focus, not on what other people are saying and doing, but what on God tells us to do. When we start focusing on what others think, that's when we do silly things. Amen? When we start falling and tripping over ourselves. I came across a story that says at the beginning of a new year, year a principal went out and he hung up all the, the teachers' New Year's resolutions on the bulletin board so they all could see in fun what their resolutions was. Well, all of a sudden, a great commotion started up. And he, he went over to see what this great commotion was all about. And there was a teacher there. She was throwing a, an incredible temper tantrum because her resolutions was not posted. She was worried about what all these other teachers would say because they had their resolutions, but she didn't make any. And she was so worried about what all these teachers might think about her not posting her resolutions. Well, the principal, thinking maybe I misplaced her or something, runs back to the office and and looks around his desk, and sure enough, there's her resolution sitting on a pile over here, and he missed them. Well, he picked them up, and he read them, and he was astounded as he read them, because their very first resolution there was, don't get upset over the little things this year. Now how's she going to feel when he goes out there and smugly posts her resolutions on the board? The very first one, already broken. But that's what we do. We get so worried about what everybody else thinks, we just immediately start complaining rather than going to the Lord and say, God, what am I supposed to do here? We start complaining when we don't get our way, when things aren't going the way we want it to go. Has anybody ever been there? I have a feeling all of us at one point or another start whining or complaining because we didn't get our way. And that doesn't mean just with the folks around us. I think we whine and complain when God doesn't do the things that we tell him the way he should do them. Oh, I would never do that. Oh, yeah? I bet. But we do. We whine and complain about it. And that's what the, the children of Israel were doing here in the book of Exodus. So look, in, in Exodus chapter 16, in Exodus chapter 16, starting in verse 2, listen to the story here. It says, The entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hands in the land of Egypt. When we saved by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Instead, you brought us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are going to go out each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. Excuse me. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, This evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the Lord's glory, because he has heard your complaints about him. For who are we that you complain about us? Moses continued. In fact, let me go back to that one. Notice that? In the morning you will see the Lord's glory, because he has heard your complaints about him. For who are we that you complain about us? Moses continued. The Lord will give you meat to eat this evening and abundant bread in the morning, for he has heard the complaints that you're raising against him. Who are we? Your complaints are not against us, 
but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. As Aaron was speaking to the entire Israelite community, they turned toward the wilderness, and there, in a cloud, the Lord's glory appeared. And the Lord spoke to Moses, I heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will eat bread until you are full. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. So at evening, quail came and covered the camp. In the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated, there on the desert surface were fine flakes, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, What is this? Because they didn't know what it was. And Moses told them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Now, with that story in our mind, to see we see how God was providing for the Israelites during this exodus. But yet, what were they still doing? What were they doing to begin with? They were complaining. They were whining. They were doing things that, like you and I would do. We see it in the New Testament too. Martha was, was whining to Jesus because Mary wasn't helping out in the kitchen. She was also whining to Jesus. You should have got here faster when my brother passed away. We see this whining all the time. When Mary with Lazarus, our kids today, oh, we're going to go out to eat somewhere. And, and rather than wanting, they'll, they'll, sometimes kids will say, well, I don't want to go there. Rather than the ones who have jobs and pays for it picking the place, they say, no. We want to go where we want to go. We so often get stuck in, the, in this rut. We whine because, because our friends want to do something and we're outvoted, so we just sit and, and instead of having fun and doing whatever it is everybody else is doing, we whine and we complain. The brother of the prodigal son, he, he, he was mad because he never got to party and have a fatted calf for dinner, so he pouted and wouldn't go into the house. I never get to do anything. Sounds like some kind of little two-year-old temper tantrum. In our scriptures today, the Israelites, they were complaining to Moses. Oh, I wish we just could have done this. If you would just turn us around and, and take us back to, to Egypt. Take us back to, we, we are the ones really in control here. There's so many of us, and it's just you, Moses. I'm going to whine, and I'm going to complain, and you just need to take us back there. It's kind of like, have you ever had that boss that complains about people just to let them know that he's the boss? The Israelites were just sitting there continually whining and complaining and complaining and whining. Life's just not fair. How many people do that today too? We go out and, and it's no, not against a specific entity oftentimes. It's not against a specific person. It's just life's not fair, so I'm just going to complain all day long. I planned a picnic and, and the day of all days, this is when the rain comes and I'm just going to whine and complain, never stopping to think about the farmers that's been praying for rain for a month. Now, I'm touching all these different bases of complaints because I have a feeling that if we were honest with ourselves, one of them is going to fit us. One of them is going to show that we are that person sometimes. We are that person that wants to whine and wants to complain. Billy, you know, little Billy goes home and, and mom and dad says, you get to stay up till 11 o'clock tonight, watch whatever it is you want to watch. We're going to give you this special benefit. Oh, man, everybody else gets to stay up all night. That's not fair. How often has God given us a special gift, something great, and rather than be appreciative, rather than saying, thank you, Jesus, we say, well, I wanted this one instead. I wanted that one. I want more. I want what everybody else has. I think there are some people who are just, they're just not happy unless they're complaining. Have you ever come across that person in the mirror? 
I think some of us might have. I think some of us just aren't happy unless we are complaining. When you read about these complainers in the book of Exodus here, guys, when you look at complainers around us, I think there's at least one thing that stands out. There's one thing that I know is for sure. Complainers seldomly actually go and complain directly to the people who can take care of it. No, they want to sit around and complain and whine to everybody else that will listen to them. It's never their fault. They had nothing to do with it, so they're just going to tell everybody else how it's that person's fault. As long as I can shift any responsibility for my actions off of me and put it on somebody else, that's what I'm going to do because now I can whine and complain and complain and whine. The folks in Exodus here, the Israelites, what were they doing? They didn't. They went to Moses. They went to Aaron, whining and crying and complaining. When it was God, what did God say? They were complaining against me. Moses said, you were complaining against him, not against us. I think there's many teen, no, adults as well. I think there's a lot of people out there who can't stand responsible for their actions, so they blame it on harsh words like we saw in that, that print that we posted up there. We want to blame everybody else so that we can now validate going and hiding in our safe spot. That's not what God's called us to do. God called the Israelites out of Egypt to go forth into the land of milk and honey to be his people, to make a stand, to listen to him in obedience and be what he called them to be. But instead, along the way of becoming and being what he wants them to, they just whined and they cried and they cried and they whined, not even to him, but to the representatives of him. Folks, we have been called as a people to make a difference in the world. If we're just going to whine and cry like the world is, we're no different than them. We should be making a stand and saying, thus saith the Lord. But the Israelites here, no, they just went to Aaron and Moses. Oh, there's nothing to eat, so I'm just going to blame Moses and I'm going to blame Aaron. Now Moses and Aaron, they did the smart thing. They they took it up a notch in the chain of command, which happens to be God from them. They went right to God. They didn't complain to someone else. They went right to God and said, God, look at these people. Look what they're saying. Look what they're doing. I think there's a lot of people today in this world they just want to whine and they don't know how to take it to God. I think there's, I think there's just a lot of us today we focus on what we don't have rather than what we have. I think oftentimes the complaining and the whining and the whining and the complaining comes from the fact that we focus on what everybody else has and we look up to God and say, Well, I had it better in Egypt. Look at him. He's in Egypt and he's eating well. He's doing this. She's doing that. Rather than focusing on what we have and being content with the fact that God meets our needs, we look at everybody else and say, well, why does he get a new car and I don't? Why does she get to go and have fun over here at this party and I have to stay here? Why this? Why that? And rather than going to God and saying, thank you, Jesus, We just cry and we whine and complain to everybody around us. Martha Martha was upset. She couldn't get any help in the kitchen. The prodigal son was upset. I mean, the brother of the prodigal son was upset because he didn't get to have a party. Little Billy was upset because he didn't get to stay up all night. Guess what, kids? Your mom and dad put rules and guidelines around you to help you become something that the other little boy may not become. God puts barricades and rules and things around us so that we won't become what the world's going to become. He sees the entire picture. And if we will go to him in a respectful way with our complaints, 
Maybe he'll let us see what it is that's going to befall that one that you're envious of, that you're covetous of. Maybe we can see what, it, what, what the good is that we actually have in our lives. Rather than going to the Lord and saying, give me, give me, give me, maybe if we went to the Lord and said, thank you, Jesus, for what I have, you might just see what you have is better than what everybody else is getting. If we would quit whining and complaining long enough to get on our knees and say, thank you, Jesus we might realize we have more than what the world thinks that they have. But instead, you know, everyone knows God created the heavens and the earth and everything in six days and rested on the seventh. But I'm afraid on the eighth day, he started answering complaints. We all tend to complain so much. And we say, well, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I would submit to you that sometimes the squeaky wheel gets replaced. Think about that for just a minute. The Jews here that were complaining so much, the majority of them never saw the promised land. They never made it. In that 40 years, many of them were dying off. The people were hungry and, 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 and started making unfair comparisons, thinking about the ways of the world. Well, I had it like this back in Egypt, trying to remember the best times of slavery, trying to remember what it's like to live in the world. In, in this journey in Exodus, as the story we just saw here, not a one of them starved. God met their needs. It was manna that fell from heaven, not brimstone. If I'd been the one that had to listen to all that complaining and had the power to brimstone rather than manna, who's to say what I might do? That's why I'm not God. It was manna that fell from heaven. It was quail that fell in their camp, not the plagues of Egypt. It was water that came forth from the rocks, not poison. God met their every need, but yet throughout the entire story of the Exodus, the people continued to complain. And I would submit to you this morning that we haven't learned a whole lot because I see people today, we still want to get on our hobby horse and whine and complain and complain and whine rather than just sitting on our knees saying, thank you, Jesus, for what you've given me. What would you want me to do with it? Folks, let me tell you this morning, if you was to not be given another thing by Christ Almighty, the fact that you have salvation and an eternal eternity set in the glory with Christ is already more than you ever deserve. The fact that I know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life because he loved me enough to die on a cross, if he said I did not get another meal on this earth, that would be all right. You know why? To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. If I starve to death on this side, I'm there that much faster on that side. When we focus on what we have rather than on what we don't have, I think our complaining would go down quite a bit. But when we do the opposite, when we focus on what we don't have and whine and complain, let me read to you out of Numbers. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now the people began complaining openly before the Lord about hardship. When the Lord heard, listen to this now, when the Lord heard his anger burned and the fire from the Lord blazed amongst them and consumed the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses and he prayed to the Lord and the fire died down. You know what that tells me? Prayer. Not complaining for a safe place. Not whining and grumbling and and. And, and oh, poor me, and it was prayer that, that God heard and changed the actions of the day. It was prayer when Moses and Aaron came to him, when Moses said, Lord, 
Take it easy on them. Yes, they are squeaky wheels, but I'm lifting my plea up to you. And it was the prayers of a righteous man. God's anger was satiated, and, and, and the fire was put out. But the whining and the complaining, it angered God. What I'm trying to say this morning is this. God wants to hear our prayers, and we need to understand that God loved us enough to die on that cross for us. If he wants to hear our prayers, he wanted to die for us, he wanted to build a home for us in eternity, built of hands not of this world. If he wants the best for us, and we know that, then why in the world do we continually complain about it? Why would we get up and just shake our hands and our fists at God? And oftentimes I'm afraid... We, do, we, we complain to God and we call it prayer. That's wrong as well. If we go to the Lord and say, say something like, God, why, why, why'd you let this happen? Do you have any idea what you've done to me? God, you, it's not fair that Cindy got that promotion not, that, that, rather than I did. Don't you care that I needed the money? God, don't you care that I, I, I need this and I want that? You know how much I wanted God. Don't you care about me at all? That's not really a prayer. If we go to God and say, God, why do I look like this? Why am I short, fat, and bald-headed? That's not fair. Look how cute Brian is. <laughs> That's complaining. That's not praying. When we pray, we should get on our knees. We should go before the Lord humbly and say, thank you, Jesus. With humility, asking him, Lord, I might not fully comprehend or understand all the circumstances around me. I don't fully comprehend or understand why this person gets that and I don't or this or that. But God, I am so thankful for what you've given me. And what I have now, Lord, how would you have me to use it? What would you want me to use it for? Where would you want me to go with this? You see, folks, when we go to the Lord with true, heartfelt prayers of humility, thankful for what we have, thankful for the salvation that's been paid for of blood, thankful for something that we could never have attained on our own, you know what he does? He not only puts us to work and allows us to be a part of his ministry, which that in itself is something to praise God for that the world can't do, but beyond that, he brings in all the other things along the way sometimes. He'll bring this that, that, that special meal in here or there, or maybe that, that, that fun trip here or there, or that time just sitting around a campfire and seeing the stars and that, that peace and elation that you cannot buy with money all of a sudden comes from heaven above and fills you with that Holy Spirit high, and you can't do nothing but sit there and say, Thank you, Jesus. Those come when we're not complaining and not whining, but saying, thank you, God, for what you've given us. But when we complain and we whine, Paul said in Romans, in Romans chapter 9, verse 20, listen to this, he says, who are you? Anyone who talks back to God, will what is formed, will what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Or has the potter no right over his clay to make from the same lump one piece of pottery for honor and another one for dishonor? You hear what Paul's saying? If we are gods and we know that, it's not for us to, 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 to whine and ask what, 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 what we want to be done. It should be, God, what would you have me to do? God, where would you have me to go? What would you have me to do next to further your kingdom? Who are we? 
to complain to God about how he has made us or the job he has given us to do. Who are we? We are the created. And Paul's saying, why in the world should the created tell the creator, complain and whine to the creator about what the creator did? Be thankful you were created. And I would take it a step further and say, be thankful that not only were you created, but he loved his creation enough, I'll make a pathway of salvation where you will always be with me. You will never be thrown away. When you realize what God paid for us, how in the world could we whine about anything God does? Who are we to grumble about not having a new car or a new house when we have something that runs in a house that doesn't leak possibly? Why do we complain about, well, you know, I wanted that nice $3 million Armani suit Rather than, well, I don't know how much they really are, but rather than just going to, and, and, and I don't mean to step on toes here, but you know what? Goodwill's got some really nice clothes. In fact, I'm not bashful. I got this shirt there yesterday. Folks, when we focus on who God is, when we focus on what God is, when we focus on what he has done for us, when we focus on what it is he has given us, you know what's going to happen? We're not going to be whiners and complainers anymore. Because we're going to realize we have been given more and have been blessed more than the world can ever create for itself. I have salvation in the, in the, in the blood of the Lamb. I have Jesus Christ, the creator of everything, saying that I am so important he would never leave me nor forsake me. I have the creator of the heavens and the universe that says that the earth is nothing but a footstool for him, saying that he is going to watch my back because if anyone before me, he is going to be right there. And he said that if I open the door, he will come in and dine with me. People say, well, who dines with the president or the pope or this or that? I got the creator of everything saying, I'll dine with you anytime you let me in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I don't know if I'm conveying the message to you guys, but I just got bumps all over me because I know who my God is. And for that reason, why should I whine? Why should I complain? If the Lord was to give me something that the world would say, oh, you poor man today, I can say, but the Lord's already bought me with a price. God provides for us. God provides. He, he gives us what we need when we need it. It may not be the same way the world wants it to be, but if you look back, the fact that you're here right now, that tells me God sustained you. You made it here. You may not have been able to have meat every day. You may not have been able to have the, the tastiest bread. I know those biscuits this morning, I think all of us kind of, um, or those that came to Sunday school, the rest of you got stuck out. We had that bread this morning. It was good, too. Too good. You may not get that every day. But he'll give us what we need to sustain. Rather than, than whine for our safe place, and that's what we're teaching, you know, that, that sign up it up there, we're teaching our teenagers and our youth today to just whine and cry. Somebody calls you a name, just go find your safe place. There's a song out there that says, Stressed Out. Talking about this kid who's stressed out, and I can't get over. If he's already singing about stressed out, what are these kids going to do when they get into the real world where there's actual stress? 
And it just is so aggravating. It's like you're teaching kids to be stressed out before they've even known what real stress is. As Christians, we shouldn't be propagating that. As Christians, we should be reminding one another that through Jesus Christ, all things are possible. Through Christ Jesus, I have been given all things that glorify the Father. I have been given eternity in his, in his realm. I have been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Because of that, I can live victoriously. Yes, there may be stressful times. Yes, there may be harsh times. Yes, the circumstances may call for us to be on, on, on the minute's end with, with, with our emotions and such. There may be times that God tells us to go out and storm the, gate, the, the gates of hell. But let me say this morning, rather than finding our safe place, we should be willing and able and ready to storm the beaches of hell itself, knowing it may cost us our lives because my spiritual life's already been purchased by God. If we will focus on what we have rather than what we don't have, I think we'll quit complaining and we'll put on the armor of God that Paul tells us in Ephesians 6 every day, and we'll be willing to go out and, and take on the world. The world doesn't understand when the circumstances hit a Christian how they can smile and how they can hold their head up and how they can stand firm and say, thus saith the Lord. They say, you're crazy. Why, why are you being like this? And, I could, and that's that opportunity where we can say, because regardless of what the world may throw, I've been placed in the hand of my Father and no man can snatch me out. And for that reason... Why complain? The birds of the air are singing. The sun is shining. Sure, I may not have any money. I may not have any food. I may be going through emotional issues. I may be going through job issues. There's all kinds of issues on this side of glory. But guess what? This side of glory for a man is only a hundred or a little more years possibly. The other side of glory is eternal. And as long as I keep my focus on the eternal rather than the temporal, I'm going to have a smile on my face. This morning, I pray this that we will commit ourselves not to be like the Israelites where we, we strike up God's anger and he sets things on fire around us. Let's not be the whiners and the complainers to God so often. Let's not be the ones that are saying, give me, give me, give me, because I see the world has this, this, and this. Let's get back to being a people that says, God, you've given me everything and everything else you give me is just cherries on the cake. Icing on the cake. I don't know where cherries came from, but you knew what I was saying. I had a blizzard go through my head or something. When we stand firm for God, God's going to stand firm for us. God never, God's always standing firm. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But when I'm standing firm for God saying, thank you, Jesus, I'll see where he's standing as well. How's that? But when I start whining and complaining, it's then that maybe I'm not seeing where I need to go. As Christians, let's commit ourselves to go out into the world and make a difference. The world's already whining and complaining and, and talking about how stressed out they are. Let's get back on that Holy Spirit high and be different than the world and go be salt and light into the world and let the world know you don't have to be stressed out. You don't have to be beaten down. You don't have to hide in your safe place. You can put your hands and your body and your life in the hands of Jesus Christ and go forth and fight the battle. Where are you this morning? If you're that person that looks in the mirror and realizes you're just like those Israelites, you're going to complain to your spouse, you're going to complain to the pastor, you're going to complain to your politician, you're always complaining, but never saying, thank you, Jesus. Maybe it's time to change. 
Now, I'm not telling you to roll over and accept what the world does to you and never complain. That's not, there's a proper way, I'm saying. Lord, what would you have me to do? And the Lord may say, draw forth the sword and go ye. But go to God and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, don't fully understand, but I know you're in control. What would you have me to do? If that's you this morning, if you're that person that complains and whines and oh poor me's all the time. Now all of us fall into that every once in a while, I think. We're human. But if you realize that's your life mantra, why not dispose of it into the hands of Christ and let him give you a new mantra to live by? Get a new schema to look at life. And start looking at it as not what I don't have, but praise God for what I do. Praise God that my kids are healthy. Praise God that I just woke up this morning and was able to be a part of his ministry. Praise God I was able to come to Sunday school and see brothers and sisters in Christ and just have a great day. Then come over to the worship service and be led in song and watch Corey baptize Richard knowing that there's another soul that just made a public proclamation. Thank you, God. If he was to take us home right now, I could still say we've had a blessed and glorious day. Those left behind would just whine. Well, he didn't take me. That's not fair. Which one of those would you rather be? Which one of those would you rather be? This morning, if God's speaking to you, let me say this. He said, whomsoever believes in their heart and professes with their mouth that he is the Lord, that he is the Son of God, and that he was resurrected on that third day, so shall he be saved. You want to quit being a whiner and a complainer? Accept Jesus Christ and let him lead your life. You want, you want to be able to go out into the world and say, regardless of what everybody else's actions are, today I choose to hear that bird sing. I choose to watch that rain fall. I choose to go into work with a smile on my face. I choose to be an emissary of Christ. You want to make that choice, you have to accept Jesus Christ. Because it's through him that you've been given the power to do all things. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, don't think you have to work to know him. He'll accept you as you are right now. There's not a single person in this room that's worthy. But he chose to love us. If you're here today and you don't think you're worthy, join the club. But my God loves you. Regardless of what the world may say, my God loves you. Will you accept him today? And if you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, will you let the world see what it means to have a victorious God than one that, that seems to be up there with lightning bolts always wanting to shoot at you? That's what the world sees. If all you do as a Christian is cry and whine and complain about everything, but yet you wear your big Christian cross, what does that say about the power of God to that person that doesn't know him that works beside you? Man, if all you do is whine, cry, and complain, your God must not be able to meet any of your needs. Where if I go in and a person beside me says, how are you handling this illness that you have in such a, a, a smile on your face? I say, because my God's already met every need I have. They're going to want to know who that God is. 
everyone want to know, how can you get through this tragic loss in your family? I can't, but through the power of Jesus Christ, I know where they are and I know where I'm going. Man, I want that God that you have. How can you smile when you're hungry and you have no money in your pocket? My God knows exactly what I need and when I need it. And therefore, I can smile. Folks, which side of that equation do you want to be on? It's your decision. It's not mine. And it's not even God's. He gave that choice to you. Now he says, choose life. Choose wisely. So I'll stand up and lead us in a word of prayer. This altar will be open. You can pray right where you're at. I'd love to pray with you, or you can come pray by yourself. You can go across the aisle and grab a brother or sister or your spouse. I don't know. Well, let's commit to our hearts right now to pray. To lift our our hearts to the Lord and say, God, I, I am that whiner. I am that complainer. I am that one that'd rather hide in a safe place rather than go out and take on the world. Do you pray for God to give you the courage to step beyond that today? I serve a God that can heal. He could heal your physical body. I believe that with all my, my heart. He could heal your physical body. But how much more could he heal your spiritual body? If you will commit to him that you're ready to quit whining and complaining and go out and be a, a force to be reckoned with in the name of Christ, he'll make you a force to be reckoned with in the name of Christ. It's your choice as we pray. Father God, I do come before you this morning and ask that you be with the hearts of each one of these people that are here today. I pray that everyone here knows you as their Lord and Savior, God. If there's someone here that does not, may they make that decision before it's too late. If they are here and don't know you, may you just speak through the song or some, whatever it may be, but may your will be made known to them before, they, before the, the end time comes. And God, for those of us that do know you, that tend to be the, the ones that complain and gossip and whine and backbite, help us to get rid of that, Lord. Just purge it from us. Show us how to make the choice and the decision so that when the world sees us, they see you rather than a reflection of themselves. May the world see you in each one of us as we leave this place, Lord. And may others say, I want what they have. Father, we ask this to be upon every heart that's here. May your Holy Spirit indwell each soul that is here this day. And may your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we sing this morning, if the Lord's telling you to sing, sing. If he's telling you to pray, pray. If he's telling you to go across the aisle and apologize to that person you were complaining to or about, do that too. But let's not leave here till we've got our hearts where they need to be with the Lord. Amen? As we sing this morning, guys. <laughs>